from being a live theater performer to writing a book to making a, my own podcast and making videos and helping other people. It feels really all over the place. And for me, the times when that, that frustration comes in is this lack of a clear vision. And it's like an immediate recipe for burnout because it's just like too many, you know, the gears are spinning constantly except you're not going anywhere. It's like the car's in neutral and you're revving the engine and it's like, oh, the car's doing a lot of work, but it's not really going anywhere. Yeah, and that's ultimately what we want to dive into today. You can't build a house without having a foundation. Same thing with creating ideas. So when you have an idea, what do you do with the idea? Those are the voices of Mary Beth and Chris, who are doing a podcast takeover for us today. Uh, we're trying something new, where we invite others in our industry to take over the podcast for an episode and share some helpful tips and information, what is or what isn't working for them right now, or anything else they may find useful. It's the podcast masterclass for filmmakers and advertising, you could say. Uh, it's an interesting time. It seems people uh, don't want to return to work or are looking for something with a better quality of life or are leaving to start their own businesses. So we wanted to invite some friends on who did just that. Mary Beth and Chris recently linked up to start their new company, Electric Creative. And on this episode, they discuss building a foundation for content creators who specialize in creating video content. This should be helpful to those of you who are just starting out or who may want to give your business a bit of a boost by incorporating new strategies, or who want to simplify what you're doing to refocus and clarify your brand in pursuit of better business results. This all being within the context of being a filmmaker and advertising, the production or agency or even marketing worlds, but some of these tips are applicable for anyone just starting or running a creative business or even just creating any content. So let us know if you like this format and we'll do it again. A garden of pure ideology. Yeah, just your typical Super Bowl car ad. Or a hilarious beer ad. <laughs> Break was over 15 minutes ago, Mitch! I think you're the best ever. Look out, back up. Where are you? You're in the bush. Well, how am I supposed to know? I've never been there. I don't always drink beer, but when I do... Wanna play, Papa? I think we're gonna be here a while. Hey, it's Chris. Hey, it's Mary Beth. Today we are talking about three stages of building a foundation. We're coming at it particularly from the point of view and the perspective of content creators with a focus on video, but the ideas that we're going to be talking about are relevant for anyone who's creating. So, number one. Clarify the vision. And number two. Build a portfolio that has a point of view. And finally, number three. Take a bird's eye view to feedback. So we will dig into these, of course, and we wanted to kind of start with a little bit of a why. Mm -hmm. Why are these important? And I think we see creators and people who have a lot of ideas but sometimes just kind of are in this weird floaty us included no most direction. of the time too <laughs> yes no direction world for me 
specifically, it's almost heartbreaking to see people who are so good and have so much potential. And I'm like, I'm like, I want to yell at them. Like, I just focus <laughs> on this thing. You could be so good at this thing if you just stay on this path, focus, and actually keep delivering these great ideas for your audience. But then they get bored or whatever it is. And they lose track and then they go off the rails and then it's like there's no focus. Yeah. And that's ultimately what we want to dive into today. You can't build a house without having a foundation. Same thing with creating ideas. So when you have an idea, what do you do with the idea? So if you already are listening and already had some pushback of like, oh, it's going to be another lecture about niching down and that you can't be all over the place as all artists and creatives inherently want to be, don't worry because we understand the pain and we'll acknowledge that and give solutions to help you feel better. So let's kick into number one. So number speaking one, of that. We have to clarify our vision. So we were chatting about that before of as you dive into all of the creative ideas that you have, you want to go into the multiple lanes that you can dive into. What do you think as a creative yourself you would dive into first? Yeah, so I think when I'm looking from the outside, I see a lot of people and sometimes I get questions at me being someone who has started a lot of things from being a live theater performer to writing a book to making a, my own podcast and making videos and helping other people. It feels really all over the place. And for me, the times when that, that frustration comes in is this lack of a clear vision. And it's like an immediate recipe for burnout because it's just like too many, you know, the gears are spinning constantly, except you're not going anywhere. It's like the car's in neutral and you're revving the engine and it's like, oh, the car's doing a lot of work, but it's not really going anywhere. This idea of developing this really clear vision is essential building the foundation for the house you kind of need to know is it going to be a one-story tiny house or is it going to be a skyscraper we don't need to know what every office in the skyscraper is going to hold we don't know what the furniture in the tiny house is going to look like so you still have all this flexibility and freedom but we need to know what exactly that vision is and what our ultimate goal might look like I think ultimately it comes down to the what, why, and how we're accomplishing everything that we do. Starting first with a list of all of the concepts, all of the ideas that we want to pursue, and then deciding which ones are short-term, which ones are long-term, and most importantly, what are the most worthwhile. And a specific example of that is to make it a solid thing is one of the projects that we're working on is the Between Dreams sessions. And the, to give that example of, okay, well, what does a clear vision look like? You know, that was a project that initially started with me solo, and it was very refined, you know, because it's, it's live performance music videos, <laughs> which sounds like that could be a clear vision, except then, well, is it bands is it pop artists is it r&b artists is it that it could go all of these places so what was helpful for me and i think helpful for us to develop that is it has a really clear it's not just oh music 
it's singer-songwriters, primarily with acoustic guitars, one-person or duo acts, stripped-down performances, but the idea of how refined that vision is, and then who is the audience for it. And then we've established all of those things and mm-hmm. really refined that to be a clear vision of what this is, what it looks like, what it sounds like, and for who is the audience. I think ultimately, if it's hard to get started, it's because you don't have a clear vision. Yes, that's a perfect recap of that thing. Yeah, I mean, I've been wanting to write a book for years myself. There's little bits and pieces where it becomes clearer. There are different chapters that become clearer and clearer. But the whole vision itself is definitely gets frustrating sometimes. Yeah. But taking a moment for my own perspective to write down a list of goals and objectives that help me clarify not only the vision, but what I want to gain and communicate through the vision helps me to see what every single chapter will be like. Like you mentioned, if it's easy to get started, the the vision's clear. It's there. Yeah. And a very specific classic example is say, uh, hey, I want to make a YouTube channel. It's like really hard to wake up tomorrow and turn the camera on. But if we say, I want to start a YouTube channel that helps give tips on gear and tips on people who have never started a podcast and want to start their own podcast. I know exactly who my clear audience is. I know exactly what they need. And now I'm like, okay, cool. Like, What's the first thing that they're going to need? It's almost like, I don't know where I'm going to go next week. I don't know where all these steps are ahead of me, but it's like, it becomes pretty clear. Like, okay, first step... (laughs) I need to make this first video. That's the very basics. Mm -hmm. And now I have a clear thing. So that segues perfectly into our second step, which is build door number two, (laughs) build a portfolio that has a point of view. So once you have clarified your vision and you're able to comprehend what the goal is, having a very niche down point of view what would you say to someone that wants to as you were mentioning previously swim in all of the lanes yeah so this is the point we've come to (laughs) the point that every creative and artistic person is shredding build your portfolio that has a unique point of view and it's the <laughs> the key word is in that niche that is uniquely you what what can we make that whoever our audience is if our audience is people that are consuming the content or if our audience is clients that we're going after to try to get them to hire us to create work for them how can we create a portfolio and a body of work that shows these people this is the the person that I go to for this? So other people can try to duplicate it, but no one's going to be that specific point of view. Imagine in a swimming pool and there's a swim lane, and if we're in that lane, it feels like like we can't go sideways. And that sometimes feels a little bit restricting to people who are creating things 
And it's really important, I think, to know that, yes, we're in, we're bound by these swim lanes that we're in, but we need to remember that we, that we're not in like a little baby pool. We're in the infinite ocean. The swim lane goes like forever out to the horizon. And not only that, but it also goes like almost infinitely down into the depths of the sea. So I think that's what's important. And it's like a subtle difference that can be in a lot of things is find that point of view and that perspective. But that doesn't mean you're limited to, you know, with music, acoustic sessions, they're like, oh, now I can't do other things. Like, oh, you can do a lot. Like that channel of acoustic singer-songwriter music goes really far Mm -hmm. to the horizon and also can like evolve and change and go really deep. We can film in inside in studios or we can film outside and we you know there's all these other like avenues that can be brought around that build a point of view that is really clear for the audience whether that's like end users and audiences or clients or leads or whatever the actual audience is you don't need to tell them your mission statement or your pitch or your proposal it's like they get it because it's so clear. Mm-hmm. We were talking before we actually started recording on the idea that if you focus on the tools that you use, so if you use a camera, let's say, and you say, oh, I'm a photographer because I use a camera or I'm a videographer because I use a camera, you're immediately going to be put into that classification of a photographer or videographer but start your research and start doing construction photos or working on workshop photos or specifically home studios or anything like that home depot might find you and say oh i need that videographer that's able to do this one specific idea yeah everyone wants the professional in the field yeah, and, and one thing that I have been really digging into and exploring is this idea of like creating a show. Mm-hmm. As creators, the idea of creating your own show. And it doesn't need to be like a whole TV show with a pitch, but almost like the set on your website when it says, you know, we'll use the example of a f- photographer just because it's easy to illustrate. A lot of photographers have like, the headers on their website, weddings, portraits, you know, whatever they are. And it's like, oh, there's like general things. But what if we had like, quote, a show about each of those? And it's like a really unique perspective and point of view. Like, hey, this is what my point of view about weddings are. It's not just like a header on my website. It's it's a much deeper thing. And I think to to elaborate on the point that you mentioned I was talking about, I was like, what if as a photographer or filmmaker, we make a quote show and it's, I just feature DIY artists who use found objects to create really cool, unique, one-of-a-kind pieces of furniture. That's it. That's what my YouTube channel is about. That's what my Instagram is about. I go and find people who make really cool DIY pieces of furniture from found materials, and that's my thing. And now 
Home Depot is looking for a really cool, unique idea for an upcoming ad or a YouTube thing that they want to do. Do you think that Home Depot is going to Mm -hmm. go to the photographer whose title is photographer? And on their website, they have weddings, portraits, babies, or are they going to seek out the person who, not even a qual- calling themselves a photographer, the person who crafts stories of people who go find unique objects and create one-of-a-kind custom furniture, who happen to use all the tools that Home Depot mm-hmm. carries, and you can create an infinite amount of stories from that. So obviously, it's a really clear and easy w- way to see that a company like Home Depot Lowe's, a, a hardware store type company isn't going to even reach out to <laughs> person A and they're just going to go straight to person B. It's clear which person A and person B is. Yeah, and I feel like this whole conversation is very clear when you're looking for a client to quote unquote notice you. But a little bit more difficult for those who might want to direct or write something that they would have to get funding for. Mm. So those people that need to gain the attention of a large audience or gain the attention of a very specific audience that might be small but mighty, create the show you want to see. Yeah. As you start to build your portfolio, you create that point of view. You create the perspective and you create the vision that was clear from step one. As you go from step one, step two, you head into step three. Door number three. (laughs) (laughs) Take a bird's eye view to feedback. As you know, feedback is my game. Yes. I love to be able to give a pleasant view of feedback. As a audience member, when you're watching a movie, or you're watching a play, or any sort of performance, anything. The perspective of the audience has their view and their way of, hey, I experienced this as an audience. So when we're the person who's creating it, whether we're the actor on stage or the person who created it, we're seeing it through our lens... Mm -hmm. which is skewed, of course, by our point of view, our perspective. And that is where most people say, okay, well, there's two points of view. The audience walks away with a point of view, which is not the whole picture, obviously. The performer walks away with their point of view and their perspective, or the performer, the creator of the work that was displayed. So there's a third perspective in there. Bird's eye view. Yeah, So as we're looking at our projects and the finalized production, if you will, as a creator, you want to be able to look at your audience and say, what do you think? And as a creator yourself, you say, how does this feel for me to be able to release? Taking the bird's eye view, disconnecting yourself from your project and being able to see how does this meet the vision that I intended at the beginning? Did this achieve the goal that I was able to achieve as well as the audience perspective and then looking back at a bird's eye view? The key to that 
is one word which unlocks all of it is the interactions. So it is really important. The the creator's vision of and feedback of what happened. It's really important, obviously, how the audience sees things and feels and, and their feedback. Because the audience goes in with preconceived notions. They might know the actor in a commercial from a different commercial that they were in. The creator is seeing their dream vision, which is never exactly the way that the final product comes out. So from a third point of view, that's, that is disconnected from those preconceived notions. From the bird's eye view, that vision can see that interaction of the work and the audience interacting with that work without having any of those preconceived notions coming into it. So they can actually see, oh, the audience is laughing at this part of this piece of content. (laughs) Or they feel the audience is getting emotional. One of my favorite things is Walt Disney in the early days and in Snow White, the early screenings of Snow White, Walt Disney was always in the audience. And he wasn't watching the movie (laughs) to see if there was mistakes in the movie or anything like that. He was sitting in the audience so that he could feel the audience's experience. So he kind of took the bird's eye view, but from the, he flew down into the audience so that he could actually feel it. And that was the moment when he realized in Snow White, the first time in a cartoon, he was like, this is the first time a animated thing made people cry. And that was a really interesting thing because he was like, I don't know if they're going to believe that this drawn character, it, ha- it has human emotions. Because inside their bubble in the animation studios, they could be like, we think this is really good, but we have no idea. Not until he sat in the audience and got to see it on the screen and be with the audience. He was like, oh, it worked because I watched them interact with this. And that was a really powerful moment to see that he cared enough to be like, he didn't try to say, no, you're supposed to cry in this moment because you're supposed to feel humanly attached to this cartoon. He was like, no, we'll figure it out. We'll do whatever we have to do to make sure it works for the audience, not for us on the inside. Yeah, I think that's a really powerful moment to be able to take your project, whatever you're working on, be able to disconnect from the emotions that you want your audience to feel and insert yourself into their shoes while also having that artist mindset that's directly correlating both of them together and trying to figure out what parts we're hitting and what parts we're not. And also seeing the ones that didn't hit, why? Uh Sometimes we have to be harsh with our ideology and with what we thought was a real momentum to then be able to go back to clarifying our vision. I couldn't help but to think, I know we're not talking about stand-up comedy, but it's a great example of the process. doesn't matter how funny we think the joke is when we're writing it in our notebook. We get to go out 
and say it in front of an audience and see how it works. And it's like a lot of little things. Maybe the joke is funny, but we said it too fast or maybe we said it too slow. There's a lot of little things there and elevating and watching those moments from the bird's eye view really give us a lot of that feedback that we need. And then we can use that to circle back to step number one. Okay, cool. People are really resonating when I bring my voice down and I can deliver this joke. And again, relating this to any type of filmmaking, when I do fast cuts, those videos get this type of response. Like people, I I kind of like those fast punchy cuts, but people Mm -hmm. are all resonating with my slow emotional things. Yeah. Maybe I need to go back to step one and really refine my vision, build my portfolio on top of that vision and start collecting more data from seeing it from the bird's eye view. And then it's going to evolve. That's us going further down the line in our swim lane or going deeper into our swim lane. And it always is adapting and evolving Mm -hmm. and changing with our point of view because it's a cycle. Absolutely. And the best part about us specifically point number three, the bird's eye view is the bird doesn't have to be you. Yep. You can find a great community of people who have similar visions and understand yours to be able to allocate that feedback where it's hard sometimes to disconnect our emotions from our projects and be able to interpret them through an audience perspective. So having someone nearby that you're able to have a mirror reflected directly back on your project will then be able to help you through every single one of those processes, clarifying your vision, finding a point of view, and then ultimately becoming the bird's eye perspective yet again. There you have it. All of our creative problems solved. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not quite sure about that one, but at least it's a good foundation when you start to build the world that you want to create. The goal of all of this is to have the ability to get started on this idea, whatever it is that we're working on, like today, not, oh, I'm going to need to keep developing this idea for... 10 years like it might take 10 years to see it but we can start on something now and hopefully this helps to develop that clarity of i don't know what stage number three is going to look like when i get i don't have anyone to show to give this for feedback yet of this outside perspective that's okay start clarifying the vision now start get and start building the work and then each stage progressively falls into place as it needs to absolutely and for all of those who are listening what do you do with your idea you have to clarify your vision and then you can start to develop your point of view you're not limited you're focused always and be open always to feedback from the people who ultimately want what's best for you Three stages of building your foundation. Thanks for listening and peace out. That's it. Goodbye.